1: Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 284 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story. The first vaccines against COVID-19 aren't just a landmark in the fight against the pandemic. They're also the stepping stone for an unconventional technology that could, one day, defeat other ailments that have eluded doctors. From cancer to heart disease. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson imposed tougher regulations across a swath of England in an effort to rein in the mutant strain of coronavirus that has spread across the country. South Korea and the Philippines moved to temporarily suspend U.K. flights, while Japan is strengthening entry regulations for people traveling from Britain. Air travel from Britain to France resumed after a two-day halt, although with eligibility restrictions and a virus testing requirement. Italy uncovered the new COVID-19 strain in an infected person, with no apparent links to the U.K., Canada's public health authorities approved Moderna's coronavirus vaccine, the second to be licensed in the country that secured more doses per person than any other. Approval of the Moderna shot will allow Canada to expand its vaccination campaign beyond inoculation sites in urban centres. Canada's northern regions have specifically requested Moderna doses due to its less cumbersome refrigeration requirements. Pfizer and partner BioNTech agreed to double the supply of their COVID-19 vaccine to the U.S. The new agreement brings the total number of doses to be delivered to the U.S. to 200 million, the companies announced Wednesday. The drug makers expect to deliver all the doses by July 31, 2021. Also in the U.S., President Donald Trump injected confusion into the outlook for economic relief from the pandemic on Tuesday night. The president demanded changes to the bipartisan legislation approved by Congress less than 24 hours earlier, calling for an increase in the stimulus checks due to go out to most Americans to $2,000 from the agreed upon amount of $600. If the president doesn't sign the legislation by December 28th, government funding will lapse after midnight that day.
2: Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com.
0: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
1: And now for today's main story. Both of the approved COVID-19 vaccines developed by Moderna and the Pfizer and BioNTech partnership use genetic material called messenger RNA, to effectively transform the body's own cells into vaccine factories. This approach is a first for vaccines. It relies on decades of clinical research into whether messenger RNA technology can be used to treat a broad range of ailments, from cancer to the seasonal flu. I spoke to Naomi Kresge about whether the validation of this breakthrough technology during COVID-19 could bring about a whole new field of medicine. The rapid development of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines has brought a lot of attention to mRNA or messenger RNA technology, which hasn't been used before in vaccines. I was hoping you might give us just a maybe brief overview how messenger RNA vaccines work.
3: So these vaccines, I mean, you're right, this is a a new type of vaccine, um, and they use this genetic material called messenger RNA This is a single-stranded molecule that's complementary to one of the DNA strands of a gene. This genetic material is essentially, what it does is transform the body's own cells into vaccine factories. And this is something that has been um, looked at for a couple of decades. It, It took quite a while to figure out how to use this effectively. It has been studied for a range of potential uses um, and you know, wound up um, being a- a- effective for the first time um, in clinical experiments for COVID-19. So maybe you can break down what gives mRNA
1: technology the edge over conventional approaches to developing vaccines, um, either in terms of COVID-19 or with regard to other diseases.
3: So in terms of COVID-19, this was sort of an ideal test case in some ways for mRNA vaccines. The The thing that really can make mRNA vaccines different, um, or one obvious thing that's different about them is that they can be very quick to develop. And so... For, you know, when COVID-19 emerged, these companies, Moderna and BioNTech, were able to look at the sequence, the genetic sequence for the virus in January and start working on vaccines at that point. And really then with unprecedented speed, they were able to come up with good vaccine candidates, test those candidates. I mean, in the case of BioNTech, they even did... um early human trials on, on a range of different candidates. Um, the early stage trial was sort of a big science experiment in itself to see which of these candidates might work the best um, and then do massive late stage studies with tens of thousands of people um, all on, in a really compressed timeline. And part of the reason that they could do that is because the early part of coming up with a potential vaccine is very quick with mRNA therapeutics compared to other types of conventional vaccines.
1: Now, you mentioned that the use of mRNA technology had been undergoing research for many other diseases, obviously prior to the emergence of COVID-19. And I was just wondering if you might go into some of the other diseases that mRNA technology could be applied to.
3: One big potential use, and Actually, the the main um, use that the Pfizer partner, BioNTech, had been looking at prior to COVID, um, is cancer, and this is, you know, a, a different way of using an mRNA vaccine than in an infectious disease. In this case, kind of put simply, um, you're trying to alert the immune system to the different things that are in cancer cells so that the immune system will attack the cancer. It's it's using the mRNA vaccine as a therapeutic instead of as a, a vaccine def- defense against infectious disease, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this is something that has been looked at for two decades um, and is really potentially coming to fruition um, in the next couple of years as well, if it works. And whether it works is still still unclear. Just because this type of vaccine works for the coronavirus doesn't necessarily mean that it will work against a tumor.
1: And beyond cancer, what are some of the other applications um, besides the coronavirus as far as treating diseases?
3: So one really obvious application would be any other type of vaccine or infectious disease. One potential use, and this is something that's already been looked at, um, is for seasonal flu. And actually, I want to say it was two years ago, um, a year and a half ago. Pfizer and BioNTech made a deal together to work on mRNA vaccines for seasonal flu. It's easy to understand how mRNA vaccines might work well for flu, right? Because the flu virus viruses change a little bit every year, and this is why flu vaccines need to be kind of tweaked every year, and they'll put out a new flu vaccine every year and there is, um, you know, this takes time to do. And so if you have mRNA vaccines and you can compress this time period of coming up with a vaccine candidate, it decreases the amount of guesswork that you might have to do. And so potentially um, they might be able to make flu vaccines that will be more effective than flu vaccines that we've had up to now. And that's not... um, that's not unsubstantial. So messenger RNA might also help um, produce vaccines against viruses that have eluded conventional vaccine approaches. Um, one program that Moderna is doing um, is is a vaccine against a virus that can cause birth defects when it's passed from a pregnant mother to um, to an unborn child. And scientists have been trying to come up with a vaccine against this virus for a half a century. And it's possible that the mRNA technology will will you know make this possible for the first time. We could see a late stage pac- patient trial starting uh, next year with this approach.
1: Now that we have seen the use and application of mRNA technology when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine with Pfizer and Moderna and the approval thereof, has the development essentially of an mRNA technology-based COVID-19 vaccine affected the timeline of other treatments that are based on the same technology?
3: It's funny um, that you sh- should ask that because it's sort of a, a two-pronged answer. Um, like, on one hand, I think that seeing this technology be proved in such a, a public setting um, has definitely increased interest in it. And so, you know, increased interest leads to increased investment, um, increased willingness um, for um, funders to back this kind of thing. Um, so that could push timelines forward on the other hand you know the the pandemic itself has also in some cases made it harder to do um clinical trials and made it more complicated to do cl- clinical trials um so you know that that could have a bit of the opposite effect um In, in cancer, um, we could see initial efficacy data from patient studies as soon as the end of next year or early in 2022, um, BioNTech has told me. So we could begin to see a little bit of, um, a little bit of a sense pretty soon of, of whether this has a broader utility.
1: Looking ahead, what are some other potential applications for mRNA technology?
3: So some of these potential future uses, I'm just going to say, sound a little bit like science fiction for now, and they... These are things that, that maybe could work um, far into the future. Um, this is not something that's going to come next year or the year after next or even, you know, just a few years into the future, right? But that having been said, BioNTech is doing early research into whether mRNA could be used to reprogram cells for regenerative medicine. And it's it's also possible in the future that scientists might be able to design targeted nanoparticles that can accumulate in certain types of tissue, such as bone marrow. Drew Wiseman, who's an immunologist at the University of Pennsylvania and who was one of the early people to really really look at this technology, told us. Um, And this might allow treatments for genetic diseases such as sickle cell anemia um, with maybe even a, a single IV injection of a targeted therapy. Again, this is these are potential uses that could be far in the future, but just gives a little bit of a sense of the potential of this approach if it does indeed um, work in other disease areas.
1: That was Naomi Kresge. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit bloomberg.com slash coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. And as a quick note for our listeners, the show will be taking a brief break this Friday, December 25th. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Naomi Kresge. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts.
0: Thanks for listening.